Thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you, gives you hope, and leaves you forever changed. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information on how to find us online. Uh, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, uh, which is one of those great epistles. I mean, uh, just uh, he says at the end of the, uh, in chapter 13, uh, he is answering some of his critics. And uh, there had been some critics in the Corinthian church concerning Paul and his ministry. And uh, he says the, these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, uh, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified, but I trust that you will know that you are not disqualified. And what he's saying by examine yourselves is we need to do a little checkup every once in a while. Let's do a little inventory once in a while of our own self. We're always thinking about what other people are saying or doing, whether they are uh, uh, doing right, living right. We, we, it's easy for us to see other people uh, and the flaws in them, right? Or the shortcomings in them. Uh, but the Apostle Paul is saying, uh, listen, let's, let's do an inward inventory. Do a little checkup in your own self to know whether you are in the faith. Now, for most of us that are sitting in here today, we have the assurance that Jesus is Lord, right? Amen. All right, and He is the captain of our soul. He's, he's the Lord of our life. He's sitting on the throne of our life, right? Okay. Uh, but let me, in doing, in, in I, this is a teaching that I had given, you know, a month or two ago over at, the Bible study at the beach, and so immediately I said, oh, well, you know, given about ten min five minutes notice, <laughs> let me pull this out, but it's appropriate. It's, 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 I, I came up with a few questions that we could ask ourselves if we're going to do a little examination. You know, how many times have you been around people, you know, even Christians, you know, and they are just acting with flawed thinking. You can tell the way they're acting, the way they're seeing, the way they're living their life, they've got some flawed thinking going on. Well, we need to check ourselves and see, do we have any of that flawed thinking? So to make it simple, I, come up, I came up with five questions. And th this, is, this is simple. It's nothing real profound. But I had to ask myself these questions. Uh, as, I, as I wrote them down and and uh, came up with them, I was thinking I had to answer the questions for myself, right? So I'm going to throw this out for you so you can ask yourself these questions to see that if you're in the faith. And the number one thing I had on my list, and you've probably heard me speak about this before, is the veracity and authenticity and the power and the truth of God's Word. So the number one question is, I put on my list, is how do you feel, how do you view and feel about God's Word? Now why do I ask that question? Because there's a lot of people who take God's Word as a suggestion, or they take it as good moral teaching. 
I don't believe any of you fall into that category in here today. I think you understand that it is God-breathed, okay, and that all of it is, not just part and part, so that you can take some parts and throw them away that you don't like, and you can grasp and hold on to the ones that you do like. All of it. All of it. Genesis to Revelation. Remember, it's 66 books. It's 40 authors written over 1,500 years. All, and, and the authors did not conspire with one another uh, to pen this and compile it into 66 books that would be some kind of convincing argument about the authenticity and the reality of God and his, uh, uh, his plan of salvation and redemption for mankind. That's Genesis to Revelation is what that is. It's what this is. And uh, them not knowing one another and them, uh, for the most part, and them uh, compiling this word and then having it all fit together in perfect harmony from start to finish is proof positive for me personally. It's God breathed. Because, you know, when Genesis 3.15 talks about a seed and then you see that seed uh, come forth and prophesied with the prophets all through the Old Testament. And then you see it manifested in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And then you see the redemption of mankind being brought forth through in and through him and our association with him. You see that it was prophesied in Genesis that it's going to be completely fulfilled uh, at his coming and in his resurrection. And then you're going to see in Revelation there, there, there's a future the second coming. Jesus is coming back. So uh, here we are. Do you and I understand and believe that? Well, in Acts chapter 1, I think it's right there where uh, Jesus ascended before hundreds of witnesses. He ascended bodily right up out of their sight into the clouds. And a couple of angels were standing there looking at the crowd and said, Hey, why are you standing up there gazing into the sky? This same Jesus that you saw go up there is going to come back in like fashion. So, so the hope and the understanding and the belief that that is a reality, that is a future reality, uh, that you and I need to be aware of and conduct ourselves accordingly, might I add, that uh, uh, it is an absolute truth. Now, uh, when I say, how do you feel about God's word? Is that true? Is there any question about that in your thinking? If there is, you need to do a ch little checkup on this. You know, this is, this is the, this is the uh, foundation. This is Christian, Christianity 101 here. You know, Jesus came. He was manifested, seen and heard of men, died. Raised from the dead. Thank you. And he's coming back. The question is, when he comes back, are you, are you going to know him as your savior or are you going to meet him as a judge? I think most of us in here can answer that question on the affirmative, right? Savior. Savior. So when I say examine yourself, number one, 
does the word, do you believe what the word says about Jesus Christ and who he is and his coming? And might I add that his coming is happening even now in the lives of his church, in the people of his church, right? Is his presence being manifested and increasing in reality in your life right now? Hopefully, hopefully. Remember when we think about salvation, we think about sanctification. Sanctification is twofold. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, something we receive when we get born again, we're sanctified. It's a position that we acquire by the blood of Jesus, not of our own doing, free gift. But then it's positional, but then it's progressive. So thank you, Lord God, for the progression. You know, so... Uh, is the Word of God having its way in you? So you have to look at that Word, this Word right here. Uh, how do you feel about God's Word? Uh, uh, and I've got a list of scriptures right here, and I'm going to give them to you. I'm, I'm going to go to one of them, but I don't really know if I've got time to go through all of them because I've got four other questions here I want to throw at you. But uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Look at uh, verse 15. I'll look at verse 13. Uh, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse. He's speaking of the last days, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from, the chi that from childhood, Timothy, speaking of Timothy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through, G through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Verse 16, all Scripture. What part of Scripture? All. What part of Scripture? All. Is given by inspiration of God. That means it was God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means that God is the author, he breathed it, and if it's profitable for doctrine, that means any type of teaching, it has to be founded on this, right? Not something else. It has to be traced right back to this, okay? For reproof, for reproof, that means that it will convict. It will challenge you about what your thinking is, and your thinking has to become in alignment with what the Word says, right? That's that ongoing sanctification that you and I are, are in. We are being changed. We are being, we have been sanctified, and we are being present future. We are being Sanctified, right? Uh, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So how do you feel about that word? 
Is it, is it something that you are living daily? Not just on coming on Sunday morning and getting a good word, say, hi, I feel good, man, I feel good about myself, I'm going to go out here, you know, and forget. No, it's an ongoing awareness that the Word of God is changing you. And let me add this. Uh, it's not just when you're uh, awake and conscious. If the Holy Spirit resides within you, is this ongoing sanctification not going on even when you're sleeping? You know, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a, a woman who put leaven in three measures of meal. Now, in a lot of contexts, leaven is referred to as something as evil. But in this case, I believe it was something good. And uh, all three measures of meal were leavened. How it happened? Well, it wasn't anything you could see, except the outside result of it, right? But why was it three measures of meal? Personally, I believe that's spirit, soul, and body. And I believe that 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 the, the gospel, the seed of the word, is planted inside your spirit. It permeates into your soul and it's seen in your flesh and your physical body and your outward manifestation of it. That's kingdom, you guys. So uh, that's what's going on. Even while you're asleep, God is at work. Uh, he's, he's touching your consciousness. Sometimes you have dreams. Sometimes he communicates to you, gives you a word. You wake up in that morning when you, in the morning when sometimes when you're not quite awake and the Holy Spirit says something to you. You know why he, speak, he, peaks, he picks those kind of times? Because you ain't thinking and confused about anything else. All the other stuff, that's, the input is, he's got a clear channel to you thinking and he says, hey, listen to this. Something you probably need to hear. Praise God, right? So how do you feel about the Word of God? Uh, 2 Peter uh, 1.20 says that, it's, it reiterates that, it says scripture is God-breathed. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2.10, uh, uh, this one's right here, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.10. The Spirit uh, reveals, the Holy Spirit, in 1 Corinthians chapter... 2, verse 10, he says, But as is written, uh, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Okay, now, that, that's revealed. That means that's revelation that's given to you and I. The Holy Spirit gives us revelation, but it's always based on the Word of God. So, understanding that as you and I uh, study this Word, that we will get revelation. Now, it goes back to how you feel about God's Word. Does it have a, does it have a preeminence? Does it have a, a, a place in your life where it's a daily, uh, uh, something you consume daily? Are you eating your spiritual Wheaties every day in order to sustain the spirit man? Uh, the answer to that should be yes. Daily. I'm not saying you've got to spend two hours a day studying the Word. I'm saying it, 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 it 
he may start off every day with a Bible verse. He may start off getting out of bed with, thank you, Jesus. You know, a uh, 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 praise and uh, acknowledgement of who God is. All right. And I got two or three other scriptures. Uh, you can say uh, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Uh, it it's, talks about that, G, that the word of God is complete. Uh, in Matthew 7, uh, 24 through 29, it, it talks about the word is our only sure foundation for building your life. You can write these scriptures down if you like. All right, second question. Remember, we're examining ourselves, right? The Word of God, number one on my list. It might be different on your list. You might have a different... Uh, do you and I have the witness of the Holy Spirit in our heart? Now, if you've been born again, you've got the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your, in your spirit, right? He entered your spirit. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit came in. Do you have that witness? Let me, let me, ask, let me just say how you can determine if you have that witness. Do you start to do anything and you get a check in your spirit about don't do it? Do you start to look at something and you have a check in your spirit that says don't look? How many of you know you can't unlook something? You know what I mean by that? You just look at it, you just glance at it. You can't unlook the glance. If the Holy Spirit says, don't look at it, don't look at it. This is just a witness that the Spirit is in residence within you and me. This, this story comes to mind. I went to a couple of old friends one time. They said, like, he, he, he is a businessman. He had a, uh, uh, a successful business. And he's an old friend from back in the day. And so I hadn't seen him in a while. He says, oh, come in my office. He says, hey, now, hey, I have something I want to show you. And he pulls up on his computer screen something that I had no business looking at. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't know what I was going to see. And when I saw it, I said, now, you know better than that. How am I going to unsee that? Well, I didn't get mad at him, you know, but he had to have a, he had to have a rethinking about who I was and what kind, of, uh, what kind of discipline the Holy Spirit had put in my life concerning some things. It, it happened to be some kind of, you know, not a porn site, but, you know, something that was risque. You know, you know, a friend not long ago said uh, he got in real trouble with his wife. I said, and he was confiding in me. I, he, I mean, I'm not going to tell you his name or anything, but I just, he said, well, uh, this thing came up on my phone about uh, uh, some kind of women. You know, you ever get these messages that come across on a cell phone message that, you know, says, how about this, Russian women want to meet you now. Why are they Russian women? I mean, what? nevertheless, and he, he just out of curiosity punched in on it. Now, he's a married man, right? And he's a born-again believer. This is not a, and he's going on with the Lord, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And 
out of curiosity. And then all these other texts started coming because he had punched in on that. All this other stuff is like Pandora's box. You know, don't open that. Don't look. You know, you, don't, you got strict instructions. Don't go there. And then his wife saw it. It started, messages started coming in. She'd go, what? What is this about? And then, uh-oh. Then he had to back, I'm sorry. You know, I should have not looked at that. So, uh, the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, said don't. But he did. And then there were consequences. Right? It doesn't mean the consequences are eternal. It just means, do you learn the lesson? Right? Do you and I learn the lesson? Well, maybe you learned a lesson from what I just told you. Maybe you don't have to do the same thing because I just told you what will or could happen. Then, okay, that's good enough for me. Somebody tells me that. Oh, I know. I'm not touching on the site that says, uh, meet some Russian women. <laughs> I'm not reading to meet no women. I got a wife. Okay, you got the witness in your whole, of the Holy Spirit within you, right? I don't know how I got off on that. Y'all, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have the witness of the Holy Spirit in your heart? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, since I'm there, since we're already there, uh, verse 12 says, and it goes right along, uh, uh, verse 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So you and I have the witness within us in our heart. And it's uh, like you hear the Word of God, and it's inspired by the Spirit, but then you have the Spirit within you to say yes when you hear it. You've also got the spirit within you to say, I, I'm, not, uh, uh, I'm not so sure that's kosher. You've got the spirit as a witness within you to tell you whether the word is true or not. And sometimes you might not know the word concerning what you're hearing, but you still get something, a check in your spirit that says, wait a minute. I'm not quite sure. Let me check that out. Right? It doesn't mean you and I know the Bible from start to finish. It just means you've got a witness within your spirit that tells you something might not be right. How many of you have ever experienced that? It's, a, it's the, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in residence within me and you. Okay? All right. Number three. I know Troy will appreciate this. Do you love people? Remember, we're doing a self-examination here. Do you love people? Some people? Most people? All people. Now, I got no problem loving some people. I probably don't have much problem, problem li uh, loving most people. But I ain't got the love for everybody that I need to have. I'm just being real, y'all. I, 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 I have to make a decision to love them. 
Because it's real easy to make a decision not to love them. Now, remember this about love. Love is a decision. It's not based on emotion. We had a series one time in here, uh, back when Pastor Johnson was here, about marriage and the relationship between husband and wife. And I remember Pastor Johnson told me something that I've never forgotten. It's just what I just told you. Love is a decision. Because God decided to love us, even in our unlovely state, even at our very worst, at the, our very worst behavior. And you think about the worst thing you've ever done. Think about the worst thing you have ever, the worst sin you have ever committed. And I want all of y'all to come up here one at a time and just tell us all that in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, ain't it? That's funny. <laughs> then, we'd, then we'd have lying going on. Uh, so, so what I'm saying is, you think about that, and then you understand that God decided to love you in spite of that. And he loved you genuinely in spite of that. Because he knew what was in you to make you do what you did. He knew you were being influenced. He knew that you, that you had been hijacked in your thinking and that you were living an unregenerated life in dark. And he said, I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to redeem my people. And you've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. <laughs> don't get me going. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Hey, don't you don't want me to say. <laughs> no, no. We usually do that after we get baptized, right? I've been redeemed, you know, by the blood of the Lamb. Okay, all right. So do you love people? The question is, do you love all the people that you, looked at, that you watched over while you were watching Judge Kavanaugh being confirmed? I'm just talking about for me. You know, I don't know about y'all. Y'all might not have been involved in any of that. I, I watched some of that drama on TV, and I was going... <laughs> I got a hard time. In fact, you, you know, Teresa will tell you if you ask her, I, sometimes I talk to the television. <laughs> you know how stupid that is, you talk to the television. <laughs> so if there's some way somebody can listen to you through your TV or your smartphone, they hear. <laughs> they know which side of the political spectrum I'm coming from. But listen, do you love those on the other side of the aisle? That do, you, do you love them? God loves them. You're commanded to love them. Number four. Well, let me give you a scripture for that. First John, for do we love people? Let me, I have to give a, a scripture with each one of these questions. Okay, I don't want to. First John chapter three. I look and I see we have a little bit of time. 1 John chapter 3. That's right before Revelation, y'all. Right before 2 John. And that was before 3 John. 1 John 3. You know, I don't even know what this says. I just got it written down here, so we're going to find out. 1 John chapter 3. 
verse 10. All right, 1 John 3, 10, chapter 10, uh, verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Okay, you're going to decide who's of God and who's of the devil by this. What's he saying? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because what? We love the brethren. Now, he who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding within him. That's pretty strong, isn't it? So why is that? Because if the Spirit lives within you and I, and the Spirit is love, then you can't help but love. The question is, can you love those that are unlovely? Or do you just love the ones that are easy? It's easy to love all y'all. The challenge is to love the ones that are not lovely. And to hold back what your soul and your thinking might think about them in a moment to hold that back. I'm not always good at holding back what I think about people and what they say and what they do. Lord, put a watch on the door of my lips and that should be your prayer also. Put a watch on the door of my lips so that I might speak something that would edify that rather than something that would condemn. Right? I, I have to do this. I suspect that you might have to do it. Of course, I could be wrong. You guys might have all this done. But you say, that what's going on right here, we need a real checkup from the neck up. We need to examine this noggin right here and what's going through it. What's being allowed to stay in there? Are we, going, or, or are we obeying the word which says to capture every thought and bring it into the obedience Amen. of Christ. Thoughts are going to come. Emotions bring up thoughts. And I had some evil thoughts about some of them people while I was watching all that confirmation stuff. And I was going, oh, man. Capture the thoughts, right? All right. Do you love people? I guess you can say, yes, we do. And remember, love is a decision. All right, number four. Do we practice righteousness? And I just read that. Do we practice? 1 John 2, 29. It says, if, uh, if whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Well, how do you practice righteousness? You do what we're talking about. You, you, you discipline 
by the Holy Spirit, you listen to the prompts of the Holy Spirit within you and I, and we do what He says, and we resist all the other. And if you do that, you'll be practicing righteousness in and around other people, right? Resist saying condemning things and say blessed things that have blessing attached to them. Now, I'm, I'm guilty, you know, I, I can... I, and, and you know what? When I start saying things that are condemning I guess I, to other, about other people, I just get this sort of like... Oh, uh, no, I might not all have said that. And which really usually leads me to this. Lord, I'm sorry I said that. I shouldn't have said that. We're being sanctified, right? Okay. The evidence that that's going on in your life is proof that you're in the faith. Any of you guys know? You, know, you guys all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, all right, all right. Uh, uh, Turn to, over to the next chapter in 1 John right there and look at chapter 3. Well, chapter 3 is right here. Uh, verse 7. Let me see what that says. 3-7. Uh, little children, let no one deceive you. Deceive you. Okay. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. The he in that word, in that verse, is capital he. It's capital. He's talking about as Jesus is righteous. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as Jesus is righteous. Now, so you and I, as evidence of who we are and our born-again status, people should see us practicing righteousness. Now, when I ask that question, do you practice righteousness, I'm not asking you if you're spiritual. People a lot of times will, will answer, if you ask people if they're practicing righteousness, you know what their answer will be? Well, I'm spiritual. I'm a spiritual person. Okay. All right. You know my first thinking is? Spiritual about what? What are you spiritual? What kind of spirituality you got? Remember, the devils believe. But they're not going to do. They're not going to be obedient to what they know to be the truth. They know who God is and who Jesus is. But they're not going to have nothing to do with the truth of the reality that Jesus is Lord. They're going to be in complete rebellion against that all the time. So if I say, you, do you practice righteousness? And you say, well, I'm a spiritual person. Well, that, let, let's ask a couple more questions about that spirituality. What's the source of that spirituality? We just got through hearing that, you know, there's a lot of deceiving stuff. What are you listening to? What do you base your spirituality on? Tell me. And if it's based on anything else besides this word right here, and Jesus Christ being manifested in the flesh, dying and being raised from the dead, 
me and you are separate in our thinking about righteousness. Because there are a lot of spiritualists out there. You see those signs on the side of the road, spiritualist. So if you say, I'm a spiritual person, uh, that don't get it. Do you practice righteousness as defined by this word? Not as a humanistic righteousness, but as a Holy Spirit-defined righteousness revealed in the Word of God, right? All right, that was number four. Number five, are you and I overcoming the world or is the world overcoming us? So you have to ask yourself that. Are you being influenced unduly by the world or are you being an influence in the world around you? Paul said in Romans chapter 12 that uh, do not be conformed by this world but to be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Okay. The confirmation comes from the outside pressure that you and I feel to be conformed to the dictates of the world, to humanistic thinking, to a righteousness that is void of God's righteousness, to a righteousness that the world says is a standard of righteousness. But how many of you know that our righteousness, human, humanistic righteousness, is as filthy rags You can help as many old women across the street as you want to. And you can go to the homeless shelter and you can pass out food to the homeless and do as many good deeds as you want to. But if you're not born again and blood-bought, that righteousness ain't going to do you one bit of good. I'm not saying don't do good things. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that the, the impetus for our righteousness comes from within, from the Holy Spirit that is true righteousness. And that is where you and I need to be operating from, right? Amen. So, are you and I overcoming the world or is the world overcoming us? Uh, is that pressure that's coming against us and it comes against every single one of you sitting in here to conform to a standard that is worldly. Is that overcoming you or is the uh, presence within you to such a, strong enough to the degree that is affecting your soul that is being seen that you feel in your mind and your will and your emotions? Is it coming through from the, through the Spirit into your soul that it's being able to be seen. The word refers to it as the fruit of the Spirit. So you can look at those nine aspects in Galatians 5.22 and you can see, you know, are those aspects displayed in my life that, to the point that they can be seen? Love, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness. I like this last one, self-control. <laughs> you know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you, the Holy Spirit, that you didn't leave off that last one because <laughs> you need to say to some people, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> you ever been around somebody? You need to get hold of yourself. 
You know, sometimes I have to say it to myself. All right. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed. That was the scripture. First John chapter 5. Okay. We're right here in First John already, so turn over to chapter 5. All right. And look at verse 3. This is good reading right here, so i got time. Let me read from verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves Him who begot also loves Him who is begotten. That's the fellow believers. Right? Alright? And who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep what? His commandments. Verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. He or who is He who overcomes the world but He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I read that in my Bible. You know, if I just say that and I say it, I read this in my Bible and, and I, I have all this underlined right here. And if you're going to overcome the world, you're going to have to have the one who overcame the world in residence within you. Remember Jesus said uh, uh, to his disciples that wasn't long before his crucifixion, he says, uh, uh, I won't be with you much longer. I have no many things to say to you, uh, but uh, behold, the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. Remember that scripture? Because he had nothing in him. He desires that we be just like him, that the prince of this world have nothing in us. That's why we're being sanctified, you guys. Right? So we overcome the world by believing Jesus is the Son of God. There's no way you're going to overcome in this world. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I don't care what doctrine you give me. I don't care what the religious theology you throw at me, at me. You are never going to be an overcomer of this world in the humanistic thinking that permeates it unless you have the Spirit of God living within you and He empowers you to overcome that which is determined to overcome you. And that is the truth. And you can't get past it. So the question is, uh, are you overcoming the world or is the world overcoming you? You have, have to ask yourself that. I trust that the answer is you're overcoming the world. And sometimes, sometimes you get overridden a little bit. Sometimes you get, you know, sometimes the world seems to overcome you and me a little bit. But he who is within us is greater than he who is within the world. That's why the, I, I throw these scriptures at you because that's what you've got to have. You've you got to have this word to stand on Absolutely. when the onslaught comes. And it ain't if, it's just when. In whatever form it takes, right? And remember, the devil will probe you and me to find the weak spots. And if he can overcome you in a weak spot. But he really can't. He will try. 
But if you and I know this word and we know who we are, we have our, our identity in Christ, we cannot really be overcome. That's what this word says. Praise God. That's a good word, isn't it? That's, that's good to be... You walk away from here today understanding that uh, if you've answered these five questions to yourself uh, and you've thought... And you can answer according to the Word of God right here concerning your personal life, then you can be assured you are in the faith. And that you are being watched over, you're being preserved, that God is, is of ever-present help to you and I in daily circumstance, and that the Holy Spirit will guide and direct you and I in all the trials and the tribulations that we're going to go through. And you're going to have them, and I'm going to have them, right? Word promises. It says, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, right? And tribulation. Why? Because the world is opposed, but God is for us. So understand the, the conflict. Understand what you and I are dealing with. I'm sure you do. Your kingdom of God people, you understand the spiritual realm. You understand that there's demonic forces that try to influence uh, people, places, governments, and we are a light to stand against that darkness, right? First within our own selves, and then to those around us. Right? Praise God. Okay, you guys. Those are the five questions. If you wrote them down. Maybe if you didn't write them down, you'll remember them. Examine yourself. I need to examine myself. Praise God. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's message. Grace Church is located in Laura, South Carolina. You can find more information about Grace Church at www.facebook.com slash gracechurchofloris or follow us on Instagram at gracechurch843.